you, Jesus. Heavenly Father, that's why we're here tonight. It's by our presence and by our desiring you, we're showing that we give our lives to you. We yield our members tonight to righteousness. To one another, Lord, as we are binding together as an assembly, that with one mind and one accord, you would speak to our hearts again. Still feeding from the word over the weekend, you brought a special gift by our assembly. Our brother Dioka, Lord, speaking on transformation. Lord, we're still feeding and ruminating on the words of life. We pray tonight the word would not be word only, but there would be power and spirit and transforming chemistry in the word of God. Let us be a happy people. Let us be a happy bride to you. Let us be a victorious people that are reaching by faith beyond our sorrows and the darkness of this world into that realm where all things are possible. Lord, we're one day closer to the rapture and the change and we want to be prepared and we want to be ready as a congregation and individuals and our families so tonight may the Holy Ghost feed the people from the youngest to the oldest that we would feed you would feed us Lord Jesus we're hungry again Lord thirsty for the supernatural come and have your way in Jesus name Amen and amen and amen. Shake hands with somebody and welcome them. Thank you, Brother Benjamin, Sister Joanne. Amen. All the musicians, welcome to the house of the Lord. And hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Romans chapter 6. We'll turn right to the word uh, tonight. It's just good to, to be here. And good to be in the presence of the Lord. I, is this Miles up in the... Uh, is this Miles? There was a couple of our uh, young ladies that were in an accident just over a, a week ago on, on the highway. And uh, this gentleman was one of the ones that helped them in their time of trouble. And uh, since the accident and tonight, he was, got his document to cross the border and wanted to see the assembly. And, uh, well, maybe we don't call it an accident. Maybe we'll just call it another step for... Uh, you to be here tonight, Miles. So God bless you, and we're happy all of you made it tonight. And I know since uh, Sunday, there's been people, as you hear on the news, that pass away or they go on, whether they're little children or people in their 20s or middle-aged. We're just happy that God's given us a chance. And Romans chapter 6, we're going to hear uh, what Paul's speaking on yielding and yieldedness, something that's been on our hearts for actually some months. We want to share it tonight. Romans 6 verse 11 says, Likewise, reckon ye yourselves, also yourselves, to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Verse 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey... His servants ye are to whom ye obey, 
whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness? That's a question. It's a question mark. Paul was asking the question, do you understand that whoever you yield yourself to and whoever you're a servant to, that's your God. But God be thanked that ye were the servants or slaves of sin. But ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Now tonight, if you have a desire for God, you ought to be thankful. If you have a thirst to obey, that's a miracle. As we go along, we're going to find out more and more, even with one another, we ought to be thankful we're with people that love God. Amen. Amen. It's from our hearts we have obeyed. Verse 18, being then made free from sin, ye became the servants or prisoners of righteousness. Paul said, I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as ye have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now... Yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. I want to read that last part of that verse again. Paul said, for as ye have yielded, that's in the past. You have yielded your members, servants to unrighteousness and to iniquity unto iniquity. Even so now, when you hear these things from now on. Yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. Amen. God bless you tonight as you have your seats. And may the power of transformation continue to work in our church. Was that wonderful on the weekend? We could just go over the highlights as as we did today. Just go over the highlights and speak about the things God did over the weekend. And maybe some of you missed a few things, or maybe you got a little weary, and it would be good to say, wow, I, I didn't, Brother Tim mentioned something yesterday, I said, wow, I, I don't even remember that. So, there, as the time goes on, sometimes we, we need help. And tonight's just an encouragement that the Lord would just uh, come tonight, and I want to use three words for our title and speak about this, yield, yielding, and yielded. And we want to speak about the word yield as uh, an admonition to yield looking forward. That wherever we're at tonight, we're being admonished to yield to God. Then the second part, yielding, is a present, a present state or a condition. I want to speak about the condition of yielding for a believer. What does that mean? And lastly, to be yielded. To live a life that's yielded is the final relationship that all of us, our goal in life is to live yielded to the Holy Ghost. It's a constant living for the believer. But first, I'd like to share a quote of Brother Branham. He was speaking about Job. But then he said, you know, one time it was told, the missionary told me in Palestine, he said he had seen a shepherd coming with the sheep and said one sheep, he had to pack it And he had a splint on its leg. And he said, did the sheep fall, sir, and hurt its leg? He said, no. Said, what happened to its leg? 
said, I broke it. Said, you broke it. Said, you must be a very cruel shepherd to do that. He said, no. He said, see, this sheep wouldn't mind me. And it kept going astray. And I knowed it was going to get killed. So I had to break its leg in order to bring it up close to me and give it just a little special treat and feed it out of my hand and it would make it love me more. Is that incredible? So the very something that you look at as breaking you or breaking your life or breaking a relationship or causing a breakage in your life could actually be the shepherd treating you with love to bring you up close because he wants to make you love him more. Do we get that tonight? This is the nature of the shepherd. I mean, the the individual even said, oh, you must be a very cruel shepherd to do that. And the answer was no. So maybe God sometimes just has to let a little something happen to you that he can just bring you just a little closer to him. To love you a little extra. And then give you a little special treatment. A healing. And you'll say, yes Lord, I believe you are. See, that's it. See how God does that. Isn't he wonderful? We just believe him. So right away when we're talking about yielding. Sometimes it's just not always when things are going good. God allows things in our lives to bring us closer to Him. It's always with an intent of healing and love. Never is it He being cruel. He's wanting to bring you closer. He's wanting you to make it. And and so as we start this service in Romans chapter 6, if you keep your Bible open to verse 13, when we're speaking about yielding, so yield your members... Yielding your members. We want to get past tonight this level. And I'm not going to spend a long time on the first of yield. Because sometimes people would say, oh, that's an admonition. Like a correction. It's always like I'm never good enough. And I want to deal with that. Because tonight, it's not always... We shouldn't always be feeling like we're falling short. And we need a rebuke. Or we need a correction. When Paul was saying to yield yourself, it's we need to get past always just feeling like we're uh, underneath God's love. We need to move into a relationship of yieldedness to God where we're not living by fear. And we're not serving Him out of duty. And where it's not all a works program and what I can do more for the shepherd. We need to move more into a love, and this is really the purpose of this service, is to encourage all of us, number one, to give our lives fully to Jesus Christ. But then as we serve Him to, as we yield our lives, it's more, it's not just always a nervous strain or or am I pleasing Him or am I in God's will, but there ought to come a settledness ultimately in a heart where we are living yielded. That if God wanted us to do something different, we would do that. Do we agree with that? It's not always the duty of the shepherd to break all the shep, all the sheep's legs all the time. 
But he will do that for us to get up and get going. And we learn lessons and God teaches us how to yield. And so, first of all, someone might say, well, when you talk about yield, it it might mean to you like a harvest or what is the crop or what is the produce or or the profit? You say, what is the yield of a certain field? That's not what I'm speaking about. Or we would say yielding, uh, yielding can mean that it's kind of being more elastic and resilient or flexible. I'm not speaking really on on that type of yielding, even though that's true. We need to be more flexible. I was thinking today of Brother Branham when he talked about the wind blowing through the the uh, trees that were all uh, kind of um, older and they had gotten real dry and it was kind of mournful and moaning, moaning. And then there were some uh, little young ones and, and those that were more greener that were just moving and bending under that wind. And Brother Branham, he emphasized that's how we want to be. As a church, we always want to be moving. And and I, I think it's wonderful. A pastor on a Wednesday night is so vibrant. Then there's no excuse for nobody else here. Myself included. I mean, here on a, here it is evening time and, and most people are shutting down. And our pastor, he's resilient and he's on fire. I think that's good. We talk about yielding, being more resilient and more elastic. I'm not speaking about that as much tonight as a constant living and being yielded to the Holy Ghost. And yielded, when we talk about that, um, you would maybe have other thoughts. But as we turn now, I'm just going to put it on the screen so that we can look at it together. In Romans 6:13, he said, Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness, Unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Now, a person could take that verse and say, well, you're always asking us to reach or to yield like it's oh, I'm always under. I'm always not where I should be, but we need to come out of that. That's not where Paul's coming from. He, he was actually pointing in verse 16. We see it. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants or prisoners or slaves, someone might take it, to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Who here was born in sin, shaped in iniquity? We all come to the world speaking lies. Paul's speaking about the need for the new birth and to be changed. We were servants of unrighteousness, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered unto you. Now this is going to be our conclusion tonight. A yielded life comes from a heart of love. We obey from the heart. And I trust we get there. I trust we all can move a little bit further into being yielded tonight. For as, verse 19, you have yielded your members, or in the same way that you were yielded or gave yourselves to uncleanliness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. So when you look at this word yield, it means to stand by or to be present. 
It means to show yourself and place yourself beside and near. I think we heard that over the weekend. I want to be near the Lord. I want to be looking into his face. I don't want to be far away from God's presence. Far away from worship. I want to yield myself to God. It means to be present and to provide, to place a person or thing at one's disposable, uh, disposal. Can I use the word be available? Yield yourself to God. You used to give yourself to the devil. Let's give ourselves to God. You used to be a hundred percent for the flesh and partying and we gotta have the next high. Well, let's do that for Christ. Let's serve Christ. Let's put some energy into our living. That's what Paul was saying, that we are presenting oneself to see and and to bring to, bring near, to bring into one's fellowship, to come into his intimacy and to be at hand. I put that to be available. I want to be yielded to the Lord, don't you? But now let's go into yielding, which is a present tense state. You can't say, well, I used to be yielded. I would say, well, what happened to your life? You've gone away from that. So yielding is a present state where you can say, I am yielding myself to the Holy Spirit. In the same way that I gave myself to education and to by the reading of the books, I got a diploma or I got a certificate. Now, as the Bible says, by the reading of the books, they knew that there was to be a certain season. Wise men and women are know by the reading of the books and they live a yielded life. It's not something we want to be. It's something we are. It's obedience from our heart. Uh, on a Wednesday night, I hope no one was, was beaten to be here. And if you are, well, we're going to preach a short service and you can go on back to your home. But it's not out of duty that we're here tonight. It's not because it's Wednesday night. It's because of God put a love in your heart. And as long as Brother Nathan said, we don't know next week when this would be taken away from us. When the doors are open, I'm just happy to be here. I'm not preaching to you tonight out of duty or a paycheck. This is a love. And I'm your servant. Brother Dioka was your servant. Brother Biscal is your servant. Brother Tim is your servant. Brother Tom is in Denver tonight being a servant. We're God's servants. That God would bring a yieldedness globally to a people that will recognize the day we're living in and let's go in the rapture. So it's not something that happened in the past. I used to be yielded. Neither it's something that I want to be, even though we could all, I I agree tonight, we could all be more yielded to the Lord. But for you and I to say, I am yielding myself to the Holy Spirit is something present. But now lastly, this word yielded, it's a constant state of being for us. We are yielded to the Holy Spirit. God can do whatever he wants to tonight in this service. Are we, are we yielded? We could stop right now and the Holy Spirit come into this building and if he wants to rearrange or say something or do something different, we're yielded to that. 
Or if he takes us a little longer, as Sunday morning might have went a little longer for you, but we need that. It was God actually maybe testing some of us. Maybe we are have got a little bit more yielded to the things of this world and conformed to our stomachs or our lunch or whatever. And God's trying to shift our focus. Are we a yielded believer? Now let's look at this just a little bit tonight as this word yielded. A yielded life. This should be our goal every day. To be yielded to God. I just want to repeat some of these comments because it was in my opening notes. We shouldn't always feel like that we're falling short and that we always need a rebuke. Always need a correction. I remember even a minister years ago, he was always like, yeah, we come to church and we're going to get corrected. Every We're going to be corrected. But I believe as children, not every supper meal is a time for our mother to correct us. Or it's not just for our dad to always correct us. Every meal that's been taken away in our Laodicean society has everybody going in so many directions. The family meal time has really almost become ancient. And I think sometimes uh, the older mentality was you always rebuked or uh, be quiet or, you know, we don't have time for that. But that's, that ought not to be brought into the house of God where every service we feel rebuked or we need to be corrected. I feel there's a time when God wants to show us himself in a greater relationship so that we can yield to that and go on. Let's move on to maturity. Let's move into our place. So we're not here out of fear of God dangling us over hell that if we don't come and be at a Wednesday night service, we're going to go to hell. That's fear. And God's taken that away from the people. We serve him out of love and of power and of a sound mind. We came here tonight to contribute to one another's spiritual health. Hallelujah. We're not out of works, but this is out of love. It's It's a purpose of now encouraging one another. To yield yourself to God. I encourage you to yield yourself to God. If you never have in your whole life. Given yourself to Christ. I encourage you tonight. In the same way. That you've yielded yourself to your flesh. Or to Satan's vices. Just yield yourself to God. If you're a little girl. Or a little boy. Sitting on the pew. And you've heard it a hundred times. But the hundred and first, hundred and first time, all of a sudden the key's gonna turn and God's gonna inspire you, then we, we thank God for that. And I, I was talking to uh, one of our counselors and, and they might be a kitchen staff worker. They don't know, but we were talking in my office and brother Michael, sister Abigail, and they had um, applied and they wanted to help out in the camp any way that they could. And their confidence was that well, we know that Brother Michael and Sister Abigail are praying for, for those positions. So whether I'm a counselor, whether I'm in the kitchen, staff, or whatever, now that's the kind of person that's yielded. That's a person that's part of the body, that whatever God calls me to do, I want to be yielded to that. So yielding, I'm moving now to the second part, is giving up. And I want you to listen real close. Yielding is giving up your wants, what you want to do. 
It's giving up your desires. And it, it might be a strong desire to do something. But yielding means I give it up. Yielding means giving up your desire and your will. I will or I want. It's giving that up to God. It's giving up your ambition. Maybe you're a strong person. Maybe it's a strength and maybe it's just something you're ambitious and you want to do something. It might not be the direction God wants to bring you down. He might want to bring you down a road of weakness. Your whole life you might be straining. And we're going to get into it in a little bit in Paul, a prisoner. When Brother Branham talked about a harness. And he talked about someone getting in a harness. And we can be fighting and be one of those that's always bucking against the harness. But there should be more of a rest that, Lord, you're the master. You're the leader. And you're my husband. You know what's best. And I'm not going to spend the rest of my life trying to just this. I'm just going to lean back and say, Lord, your will be done. And what you'll find is God will bless your life more. Sometimes it's a letting go of your plans. Letting go of your visions. And it's embracing God's plan. I, I know we've come into the summer. That's why... Uh, there's a lot gone tonight. We've come into summer holidays. But there's some that are right on a time of making plans or their career change or they've come out of school or there might even be a brother tonight that have lost his job and is looking for maybe direction or a sister that might be asking what is God's vision or purpose. Being yielded means embracing God's vision for your life. God's desire. You say, what is in God's heart for my life? What is his mind about this? I think it's time for all of us to just come to that place that what is in God's heart about it? What does his mind think about this? I was thinking about this today about God's vision for your future. Or maybe some would be already down a pathway and you have what you think is the vision for your life. But if you continue to go down that pathway, what lies ahead for you? If it's not God's vision, if it's not God's will. So it's good to be a yielded person that is yielded to the Holy Ghost. What will happen to you if you keep going down a pathway that's not God's perfect will? If you keep going down this journey and this place that you're going, what's going to happen to your family? What's going to happen to your marriage? What's going to happen to the bride or or to churches in the the message bride? If they keep going down a certain direction, if that's not God's way. I will say this, there's going to be a hard time down the road in your marriage, in your relationships, in your individual life, in your career, because God already sees down the road. And you might say, well, I don't know the future. I I don't know God's plan, but God knows the future. God sees, God knows, he knows what's best for us. And in conclusion on this, I want to say, God is interested in your future. Stay yielded. 
stay in a place knowing that God cares about your decision, about your family, about your marriage. I think that's important to know God has a vested interest in us. I was listening to um, this message, Paul, a prisoner. It was actually in Jeffersonville on a Wednesday night. If you look at the the date, it was in July, uh, in this very same month in Jeffersonville, very hot and humid. And Brother Bonham said, I know it's hot, but I'd like to name a couple more characters if you would. I got about six or eight wrote down here, and I'd like to name just another character too. Let's take the character of Moses. He was born a deliverer. And he knew that, that he was born a deliverer. But before I say about Moses, I'd like to make this statement. That God always has to take any man that will serve him truly to be his prisoner. A man has to surrender. Can we include the sisters tonight? A man, a woman. So it's not gender specific. He's speaking about an individual has to surrender every ambition he's got. I put this on the screen because I want this to help you tonight. To surrender your ambition. Everything that he is, everything. His life, his soul, his body, his will, his ambitions, and everything else. And become a complete, a prisoner to Christ, who is the word, To serve God. Would it be fantastic if every person in our church came to this place? Would it be fantastic? We're just a bunch of yielded people. Our will has been lost. Our our desire and our ambition. It's not that God wants to make us all puppets and, and we lose all of our strength and our get up and go. No, it's just that he has harnessed us. Let's continue on. You might have to walk contrary in in your better judgment. Maybe in a certain organization you might think that they could lift you up and give you something great and and that you might flash. But what do you find yourself? You find yourself defeated after a while until God can get a man that's willing to become a prisoner to him. God is looking for prisoners. And that just makes me say, Lord, I want to be a prisoner. If God's looking for them, I want to be found a prisoner. He always done it. You might search it through the scripture. A man has to be a prisoner to God against anything. Therefore, you cannot be connected with anything but Christ. Even your father, your mother, your brother, your sister, your husband, your wife, anybody. You're only connected with Christ and him only then God can use you. My, this is powerful. Until then, you can't. Brother Branham did not say that we are to be disconnected. He said we're to be connected to God. Now, if you go back over what he just said, he didn't say that we're not, we're to be disconnected with our brother, our sister, our husband and wife. That's not what he said. We're to be connected to Christ. Until then, You just can't. Moses become a prisoner. He confessed that he couldn't even talk. Finally, when God got him in his hand, where he could only move where God moved him, where he told him the word, 
He knowed it was the word. Then he submitted himself to the word. And the Holy Spirit there, God harnessed Moses to the will of God. Can we do some exercise tonight? Could, we, could all of us here lay aside our will? Lay aside our ambition. Lay aside our thoughts and what we want to do in life. What we want out of life. We are in the house of God. Judgment begins at the house of God. This is a prime opportunity for God to reveal His will. Just like a lightning bolt to come into your mind. Come into your spirit. Come into your soul. This is a great place to be born again. This is a great place. To hear the word of God and take it to heart. I trust we don't hear the word like we read the news or listen to a professor. I hope it's deeper than that. I, I hope we're hanging on to it like, like every word. There, there's a brother that's on the East Coast tonight. He said, I'm going to be trying to stream the service with my family. I wonder sometimes if there's people outside of this building that are actually drawing in and desiring sometimes more than some that are right here. I wonder sometimes we get emails into the office. Sister Megan does. And we get calls to the office. People having trust. People having confidence. People that feed from our services. And they love the ministry. And then sometimes we walk with one another. We live with one another. It's so easy to lose confidence and lose trust and become common. And we need to shake that off. And we need to say, this is my church. We have good ministry. Be yielded to God. How can God think it's so great to give a gift or give a prophet or give a a certain singing type of ministry gift to a congregation and somebody in that church say, that's bad. I don't like that. It's not my diet. It's not my taste. When it's God that gave it to us. I think we need to treasure these things more than we do. And appreciate it instead of being a person that's always sticking. We need to yield ourselves and let it flow. That's what yielded means. Be elastic. Be flexible. I didn't say be a compromiser. But be yielded. I trust your understanding tonight. The Holy Spirit there, God, harnessed Moses to the will of God. And that's the same thing he done to Paul. He harnessed Paul. Now hold this word harness. A little crook, a crooked nose, sarcastic Jew. Oh, with PhD and LLDs wrote all over him. And he said, I'm going to show him where he's going to suffer for the word's sake. And then Paul sitting there and seeing the word and seeing that that was Jesus. Then he raised his hands and become harnessed. To him. Can you imagine? Some, he's so into it. And he's got letters. And he's killing the believers. Who art thou, Lord? I am Jesus. Whom thou persecutest. And it was young people. And it was dads and moms in the early church. And the voice said, I am Jesus. My, my. 
And Paul, he saw, you know, his name was Saul and he was a crooked nose, sarcastic. And he was like riding on his little high horse, his camel, whatever it was, mule. And, and God knocked him off there. And we find Paul later and Philemon and Philemon and other, he, Paul a prisoner. And Brother Branham takes us on a Wednesday night when it was really, really hot and humid in Jeffersonville. Right in that time of, of you just follow, Paul, uh, you know, he's speaking about how can I overcome and why Christ speak and all the, the summertime of 1963 in Jeffersonville. Christ the mystery is so hot, you know, people just fanning, fanning, fanning. And he's preaching a message like a prisoner. Paul a prisoner. He's focusing in on Moses and Paul and David. Why? So that everyone in the congregation could go out and be a prisoner. Just shut down on your own thoughts and your own ambition and my my will. And I, I'm going to do... Uh, just shut it all down and be a slave. And he said, that rubs me the wrong way. What, what are you trying to say? Be a prisoner. Say, what did Paul do? He just put up his hands, brother Israel, like this. He, God harnessed him. The love of God harnessed him to the word. He's going to hear my name before the Gentiles. There he went. And Moses, I am the God of your fathers. I am the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I remember I promised them and the time of the promise is near. And I see the afflictions of my people. I remember my promise. And I have come down to harness you. Hallelujah. Maybe tonight is your night to get harnessed. And you're wanting a spa, and you're wanting a massage, and you're wanting to just sit back and, you know, just preach us happy. And God's bringing out the harnesses. I just want to feel good, and I want to leave church with a smile on my face, and I hear the sounds of a harness. I want to show it to you in a minute. Some of you wonder what a harness is. We live in the city. Here it is right here, okay? That's, that's a harness. Can you see this here? Harness on this horse. It's a set of straps and fittings by which a horse or other draft animals fastened to a cart or a plow and it's controlled by its driver. Some of you might call it tack or tackle or equipment. I know the Powell family. They know all about these trappings and straps. And I know the King boys. And they know about horses and things. Brother Nathan, you would know about these things. Draft animals or horses. You say, I put the harness. Harness. I don't even know how to say it. <laughs> I had to look it up. No. A harness. You say they, they hitch that horse up or they put something in a harness. Put that young man in a saddle. Put that person now. It's not a little young girl in Sunday school and junior. It's time for her to find her place. Put a yoke on her. Oh my, this is a wonderful Wednesday night service. Put a couple on that person. You might say, dad harnessed a horse and put it between the shafts. Now, this is a shaft. It's, it's shafts that come out rigid on a side, 
but they're also flexible. So if you have your own will or if you get spooked and, you know, you, you get looking to the side and you go running, that's not a yielded believer. But they have a harness and they put a harness around a, a horse or some yoke of oxen. Now I'm just going to go back here and let this finish this about this harness. This love of God harnessed him to the word. And down in this last paragraph, I have come down to harness you. You know what the word said. I've, I've harnessed you to go down there. I've harnessed you with power. To go down there and deliver my people. (laughs) Oh my, and he said, I can't even talk. So it goes to show us so opposite the way that he thought. He was a military leader. He was the man in Egypt. Now God had brought him to a place of yieldedness. When God called him, he said, I can't even talk. And God was saying, I'm here to harness you with power To go down there and deliver my people. And take that stick in your hand as a witness. Because you've seen a miracle done by it. Just like David with the slingshot. So look at this here. This These straps or harnesses. This was the words that a prophet used. And Paul a prisoner. He goes on to say he harnessed himself and he went down. Finally, God had a man that was subject to him, harnessed to him, and could not move until the word of God moved him. I wonder if God could get our church like that. Individuals in our church, so harnessed in, so brought in, where we're not living by emotion, and I want to go over and just eat this clover, and I want to, you know, just smell this little flower. No, stay focused. Get yielded to God. If you're weary tonight, I'm here to encourage you. We're almost at the end time. We're at the last lap of, uh, here we are coming to the end time. It's not the time to be distracted. Say, I want to stay in the stable today. Uh, I, I, I don't want that yoke. I want to get out of this harness. And some of you, God is harnessing you. Right at this season, July 2019, when you might be going wild in your thoughts, God's trying to harness you, bring you under subjection, bring your character in to a place that he can give you the power of the spoken word. Oh, I could stop right here and preach a sermon, but I won't. I, I think some of us have been trained long enough. You've sat in church pews long enough and been coddled and babied. It's time for you to step out there and let God use you this year. Maybe that was for somebody. If people would just do that today. He was his prisoner, a prisoner of love. Yoked up to the bond of love with God. As Paul was yoked. Up in the bond of love to God. You can look there and I know some of you read ahead. Talking about schools of learning and things. Paragraph 164. Brother Branham is talking about Moses and Paul. And being in the desert. And they came back different men. Both of them saw the pillar of fire. They both was talked to by the pillar of fire. And exactly right. Coming for a deliverer. There they was and went to the desert. Left their homes and went to the desert to find out. Left their people and everything to find the will of God. 
They were trained in one way and God changed them to another. So if you just always keep going down the way, you say, I've been trained in this education or this certain field. God might throw you right over here and say, let's go. Let's move now. They were trained in one way. God trained them in another. They had to become a complete prisoner to not act in the way that they wanted to act. But to act in the way that God wanted to act. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. We say amen tonight. Here it is. Lastly here. These harnesses that get on these horses or these yoke. Brother Branham said this to us. Harnessed himself and he went down. Finally God had a man that was subject to him. Harnessed to him and could not move until the word of God moved him. I say Lord let us be that kind of people. I wonder tonight if we could turn to Isaiah 9, 6. I just want to close with a couple more scriptures. Lord, harness us up by your divine love in your perfect will to where we can become. I want to leave you with two thoughts tonight. And the first is on being... Him being our counselor. He say, I want to be yielded. I, I want to live a yielded life. He is our counselor. Isaiah 9, 6 says, For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. I want to focus on this word counselor just for a moment. Because for the rest of your life, we need to be under the words of a counselor. And when you use this word counselor today in the world, they would say, well, they're a therapist or a psychotherapist or a psychoanalyst or an analyst or a social worker. That's what they would call a counselor. Someone that is to advise or consult you or give you counsel. Someone that you can follow their purpose. They work with you to get a plan. You can talk with them and you exchange. But tonight I want to say we have a counselor and his name is Jesus Christ. He's our therapist. We're not a bunch of people that's just on psychotic drugs of the world. We live from the gospel. And we want to swallow down that kind of medicine and take the word of God. I think it'd be good for us all to say, I have the main counselor in my life is Jesus Christ. Right from the Bible. He shall be your counselor. The Holy Spirit is the bride's counselor. Our counsel comes from God Almighty. We yield our souls to God. We yield our spirits to God. We yield our bodies to the work of the Holy Spirit. I'm speaking about a person that's yielded. They are yielded. That's the final word of tonight. I want you to leave that. Lord, I want the remainder of my life to be unyielded. It's not that yield yourself, yield yourself as I'm always falling short and I'm always being admonished. I'm always being rebuked. But come into a yielded life. 
come into a life where we're constantly yielding ourselves. I trust this can come down into somebody's heart. That from tonight on, it's not always an admonition for the future. Yeah, one day I'll be that way. But it's after we come into this relationship that it's an action that happens automatically. This is a constant state for you and I tonight. You are yielded to the Holy Ghost. It's 849. I want to close before 9 o'clock. But I want to say tonight that the Christian life should not always be just a struggle for you. I don't want to be misunderstood. But our Christian life should not always be a struggle and a fight to submit. It should not be daily. We are fighting to submit to the will of God. The same way that we submitted to the Satan and to the flesh, it ought to be a free will. It ought to be with a joy. I give my life to Christ. Our daily battle that Paul said, I die daily, is not a fight to submit. It's not a battle to surrender. If you're still back there, that's just justification, sanctification. We, we need to move further than just a daily life to just surrender. It ought to be greater than just a wrestling of wills. I trust I'm speaking to you spiritually, but also for your families and in your marriages. We need to leave where there's a constant wrestling of the wills. The male wants to do one thing. The female wants to do another. And there's a constant battle. And there's a con- that's not a real marriage. It, it shouldn't be always fighting and I want this and I want that. And there's an ultimatum. Then there's manipulation. Then there's I want my way. Friends, that's not the Holy Spirit nature. To be yielded means you lay down your will. I don't believe our relationships should always be in crisis. I don't believe our families should always be right on the edge of breaking. We heard about it Sunday about broken families and broken homes. And Brother Branham said it's a neglect of love. It's a neglect of love in the family. I'll say it again. Our families should not always be in crisis. We shouldn't always be in 911 status where the next word just throws a person out and they're ranting and raving and I want this and you're to be so loud spoken. That's not the will of God for the church. That's not the will of God for the church. That's not the will of God for our families. So when we speak about yielding and yieldedness, it comes spiritual. Right down to our marriages, our families, right down to individuals. Do we agree? I don't believe we should always be in crisis management and, you know, dealing with a fault. And always a volcano. There has to come a yielded life to where a time when you and I are just willing to give up. Where we constantly live surrendered. We constantly are, we've been taken over. It ought to be our testimony tonight. We have been taken over. 
We are prisoners to the Holy Ghost. Not always fighting and struggling and wrestling. And I hope you don't misunderstand this. But these are our last scriptures tonight I wanted to share. In John 14, Jesus said, I will pray the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. I want to end this tonight on the comforter. In John 14, verse 26, But the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. And tonight our Comforter is the Holy Ghost. I want to leave that word Comforter with you tonight and and just couple it with your yieldedness. It ought to be my comforter is near. The Holy Ghost is near. He's my advocate. He's one that's been called to our side. Don't shun him. If you listen to the wrong music, you're pushing him away. If you're involved in things that are illicit and filthy, like we heard Sunday, you're pushing him away. That's not a yielded life. But neither can we hit and, and just beat on someone and say, oh, you've got to be holy. You've got to live right. It's bringing them into a relationship where we know it's from their heart automatically. I trust it's that way tonight. Our last two scriptures is John 15 and John 16. But the Comforter, when the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth, which proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, Jesus said. For if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. Then every individual can say, come unto me, Lord. Come unto me, Lord. Be my aid. Be my assistant. You are not alone. You're not fighting and, and seeking to, I don't know which way to go or what, what, what is my journey? What is my God path or what is the God's divine will? That's up to God to reveal that. Yield yourself. Yield your heart to the Lord. And let the Holy Spirit have His way. Amen. As our musicians come and we stand tonight. Lord, we want to be yielded believers. I want to live a yielded life. Hallelujah. Lord, let it be automatically from a heart of love. A relationship that's free. A relationship that is God in action in my life. As we bow our heads and we just consider these things. Lord, let your book live in us tonight, Jesus. Just thinking back over this year, how many visiting ministers we've had in our church. We, we, I was thinking to go through on the website and maybe write them down, but even in the last three months alone, we've had one after the other after the other. Ministers come and speak things that are very delicate, maybe we hadn't talked about that or we hadn't discussed that ever. That, that question we hadn't even addressed. 
But then to have a man of God come by, our brother Jason DeMars, our brother Tim Ashong, or our brother Freddie, or brother Stephen Ibali, or our brother Dioka. We could just, our brother Aaron McGarry has spoken several times to our congregation. Brother Biscoll has spoken. Brother Tom Ray has spoken. Brother Tim Dodd has spoken. Brother Murphy has spoken. We've heard from other ministries, Lord. Brother Michael Ray has spoken. And I pray, God, the Holy Spirit that has been so faithful to us that we now would be faithful back to you, O God. We've heard your word. We've been admonished. We've been counseled, Lord. We, we've, we've come into a private little booth and you've given us personal counsel. There's not one of us that could say you haven't spoken something that would be right down to our souls. Even dealing with our spirit realms, Lord, and what people go through in this generation. Even our sister Joanna Waldner that had this prayer request tonight that some might seem it's so simple. But if we knew her life and the kind of work that she did, working with the mentally challenged and those that have deficiencies, I think we would understand that she needs to be in the house of God. She needs that strength, Lord, to combat the spirits that she faces through the week, Lord. And she's just asking for a schedule that would bring her into your presence, Lord. Lord, that's not a light thing to you. You can do miracles, Lord. You, you can move boulders for us. You can move mountains, Lord, for a family that is just at about at a breaking point. At a moment of crisis with their teenager or their young adult or a sister or a brother, you just speak to them and it's almost like they're losing their mind. And our hearts begin to go out to one another. And we begin to know that we need more than just a natural worldly therapist. Or a social worker. Or just a pill. Or it's more than natural things. It is the spiritual part, oh God. And Lord, as our soul prospers, you desire that our health would prosper. And right at the close of this service, we are claiming healing for our bodies. Healing for our minds. Healing for our souls. Healing, Father. And if you would need to break one of our legs, Lord, or bring us into a trial or into a hard time. Lord, after tonight, may we not look at it with a dark gloom or with a side glance. But may we face it with a new inspiration. A yielded attitude. More of a yieldedness in our lives, Lord. Not in a way of admonition or always down, but in a way, God, what is your thoughts about that? What is your attitude about that, God? Or maybe it's a prayer life of someone that they just need to change the direction of their prayers to, Lord, if I continue down this pathway, where am I going to be a year from now? Where am I going to be two years from now? Where's my family going to be five years from now if I make this decision? And I pray if there's been anyone that is going down a wrong road or making the wrong decision, that you would turn them around tonight like you did those in the scripture and you gave them a call to another place. 
and you moved on the scene and you vindicated to them that they were harnessed. They were harnessed by love. Oh, Father, in this closing prayer, and as we go out, would you place the harness of your presence onto every believer? Oh, Father, may we not be so quick to fight against it, but may we take a hold of this harness, this prisoner, these bonds of love. And may we stop thinking that it's bars and walls to keep us away from something, but may we accept it as your protection upon our lives. I pray, God, if there's some here that would lift up their hand and say, Lord, I'm looking for your will in my life, that you would reveal that will to them, Father. Show them your pathway and make it clear to them, Jesus. We are waiting on one another. Even the music has not begun to play yet. We are waiting in silence. Believing that the Holy Spirit moves by the Word of God. That you're able to now water this with our prayers and with the singing, God, as we go out on a little Wednesday night. That it has not been in vain. But our attitudes will be changed. Our character will be changed. Our future will be changed. As we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Have your way in our lives. Hallelujah. Is there anybody here that would like to lift up your hand and say, I want to surrender to that will. I want to live a yielded life. Yielded, Lord. Yieldedness. God bless all of you. My hands are lifted up too. All the way up into the balcony. God bless you. Even elders here. God bless you. God bless you as we prepare for camp just in a few days. God, prepare us, Lord, for our assembly, Lord Jesus. Be with those that are traveling and away or will travel. Give our families, Lord, a time of of closeness and reconciliation and restoration. Like we've never known before. Take us into a lifestyle of yieldedness to the Holy Ghost. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Play something, Brother Benjamin. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's just be in prayer about that before we go out into the night service hallelujah hallelujah oh come brother Nathan and help us sing this song I surrender all oh I surrender all let that be your prayer
might ask, how serious must one be in this yieldedness? Brother Branham talked about an old darkie down in the south one time. He was happy and he said, I got heartfelt religion. He said to his boss, I got heartfelt religion. And the boss said, oh, there's no such a thing as heartfelt religion. And he said, you just made one mistake, boss. There's no such thing as heartfelt religion as far as you know. And one day the old boss said to him, said, I'd like to get some of that heartfelt religion. He said, anytime you want it, boss. One day it, it started to rain. Started to rain. He said, well, it's raining today, Mose. This is the boss talking to the... He says, it's raining today, Mose. I guess I'd like to get a little of that heartfelt religion that makes you so happy and singing all the time. He said, come on, boss. And he went over there and he went out to the barn. He said, now here's a nice place on the hay. We can kneel down and get it here. He said, no, you don't get it there, boss. He said, well, we can go over to the corn crib. So they went over to the corn crib and it was nice and dry place, not raining, nice. He said, my, you can go to sleep with the rain pattering on the roof. He said, but boss, you don't get it here. He said, Mose, where you get it? He said, follow me. He went out till he hit the pig pen. Raised up his trouser legs as far as he could and started walking out in the mud. He said, come on, boss. Come on, boss. He said, where are you going? He said, here's where you get it. Right out here. He said, I don't want it out there. I don't want to get it out there. He said, if you don't want it out here and come on these terms, then you ain't going to get it at all. That's incredible. Some of us might have just gave in to the boss. Say, oh, you get it in the dry place, get it in the corn crib. No, he knew that you got to come out there in the muddy pig pen. I don't know if I want to go out there and be yielded. I don't know if I want to, without father, without mother. You know, I kind of need my fan club. I need some thumbs up. And uh, No, no, you need to go out there into the pig pen. Has anybody been there? And tonight you can let your heart get hardened and bitter and nasty and just become a survivalist or you can come out of that life and say I want to be yielded to that seed down inside of me and be a real lily and come bursting out of the mud this boss wasn't willing I'm not willing to go out there and Mose he had enough revelation to say if you ain't going to come on these terms you ain't going to get it all Brother Branham said that's the way it is if you can't come to God's terms you won't get it anyhow you've got to come to God's terms and the believer don't say well if that's how it's going to be I'll take my and I'm going to go see you later something begins to move on the inside of their heart and they say if that's what I need to do if that's where I need to go If that's how I need to live, 
tonight I want to yield myself. And I'm not going to beat the air and struggle no more. I'm going to stop all my fighting and warring. I'm going to give up. Some of you have already done that. You've, You've done that in your life. But I think we need to help one another and encourage one another to surrender, to yield, be sensitive to how God's leading them. I heard the scripture today, train up a child in the way it ought to go. And when it's old, it'll not depart. That's not the way you want the child to go. That's the way it should go. That's God's will for that child. That's God's will for that person. Train up a child in the way it ought to go. In God's will for their life. Not what we want for one another. It ought to be what God has made that person and what God wants to do. Train them up to find God's will for their lives. And when they get old, they won't depart from that. But if we try to impose our will and impose our time and how we want them to be birthed, we make a mess every time. Today in my little study, I was just believing that God is going to do greater things in our church. Greater things among us. Hearts that are hard and hearts that are maybe going in a wrong direction. Or maybe somebody seems all is good. Everything is fine. But God wants to maybe turn that person into another direction. I say, Lord, let that happen. Heavenly Father, thank you for these moments to share on a Wednesday night. As Brother Branham took Paul prisoner on a Wednesday night in the midst of all of those great sermons in July 1963 and he just took a little thought on a Wednesday on Paul a prisoner years later it's thundering through our hearts Lord we want to be prisoners put the harness of your will upon all of us and as we go tonight some might want to linger some might have been affected very deeply I know you're dealing in hearts and families. I pray that we would not be quick to just always run out and spend another half hour and an hour talking in the foyer, in the parking lot, when really we could have spent a little bit more time with you. You could have clenched it maybe a little deeper for somebody. Some heart that's weighing between the balances. Or maybe someone that's just considering Maybe you've been dealing with them through the week on a certain thing. And tonight, it was like the Holy Spirit hit it again. And they're just saying, God, are you speaking to me? I pray you'd give that person strength. Give our church strength. Give our ministry strength. Give them access to go into delicate areas and delicate things of our lives. So that we could have victory in the days to come. Lord, we pray for our brother Tom Ray tonight. That's in Denver, Colorado with our brother Dioka and other ministry. Bless brother Foster and there's a church dedication there. I pray that there would be a mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And those that are traveling of our own assembly. Those that are away with their loved ones. May you bless this coming week, Lord. If you would give us a few more days to worship you. We could come back Sunday and hear the words of life. Go with us now, Lord. May we ponder and meditate upon these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Well, let's sing one more song before we shake hands. Can't you see why I'm happy?
I've accepted the word of the Lord. Brother Nathan, I know you like that song. Oh, can't you see?